0: Mind uh, the podcast, which looks at the game of golf and on it in all its many incarnations and all its many forms. Uh, my particular interest has always been the uh, the mental side of the game, but I have a large collection of books that go back thirty years on the history of the game. And um, this podcast is all about looking at the game and uh, where possible we explore the mental game, which is what we're going to do today. Uh, I'm joined by one of my regular co-hosts.
1: Uh, Mike Kershaw. Mike, how's your week been? Very good, um, Robin. Actually, lovely to be here. Yes, Hi. I was over in uh, Northern Ireland and I was playing a match at the Royal County Down Golf Club. Now, we're going to talk about mental strength later, but you need some mental strength to play around there in a windy day. It is phenomenal. It is. A, I don't know if you've ever played there. but I have played it. I have played it. It's, it it's, is phenomenally good, but it's, super it's, it's, tough it's, when it's windy. Uh, if there's a
0: weakness in your game, it'll find it, and uh, it's. I think you know it goes back to um, when you watch professionals play courses; they make it look easy. When you turn up to play these courses in a
1: wind, you realise how skillful they really are. Yeah, I mean I- it's uh, it, it's a uh, it's the real deal. I'd say it was sunny as well, so we had the beautiful mountains of Moine behind the, uh, but you know that you can see from most parts of the of the course, and just behind the clubhouse there, it's just absolutely stunning I really setting highly recommend people going to visit there in the world of golf you are
0: known for your steely determination and your uh will to win so i take it that you won all
1: your matches well yeah far from far be it from me to say but yes you did oh god sorry i i thought i was going to catch yes. her up there reasonably comfortably my dear i was I was playing. We were playing foursomes all day, thirty-six holes, usual format. Absolutely lovely foursomes match play. Again, another form of the game that requires mental toughness because you've got to be able to deal with not just not just your own game, but you've got to deal with the the slings and arrows of the fortune of your other of your partner's game as well. As we know, and sometimes that adds another yet yeah, another sort of stressful dimension to it. But I was fortunate because one of my partners this, this weekend was. Um, a young man who who'd just come from a golf scholarship, uh playing college golf in the US, who was um at London Business School and uh a a formidable golfer. I mean a really proper golfer. So as a foursome's partner, all I had to do was knock him down the middle and we were we were home and dry. So we, we yes, we won our matches, thankfully. Did um, you did you introduce him to lunchtime drinking? Oh yes. He'd never heard of Kimmel. <laughs> You'll never uh, forget it. No, very surprised, uh, you know. But uh, I think he's going to be a very nice young man. He's quite young, but he's going to Goldman Sachs in June, so, so he'll probably get a bit of a shock there. That'll sort him out, won't it? I don't think his golf is going to be good after that. It doesn't need to be. Does um, this, this?
0: Does do, the title of this week's podcast was "Giants of the Mental Game" because I are mental giants of mental strength because. I'm asked the question often. I'm going to ask you the question that I'm asked, and you can give your answer to it first. Do you think mental strength is a is a quality people are born with, or
1: do you think people develop it? Well, look, that's a really difficult question, isn't it? Because how can you kind of how can you prove it? What you you know they, they don't go from having no mental strength to having huge mental strength. I don't think. Um, Uh, there there needs to be something innate in my view you need to have a a, a propensity to if you like suffer uh, and deal with um deal with challenges because in the end mental strength is actually about being remaining resilient and focused and motivated in the face of adversity or challenges or stress and that what, what you get on the golf course is you get adversity you get challenges you get stress and the guys who who are most resilient to that are the guys who will 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 more than often be able to deal with it and move forward so i think i think it for me it's more uh, it's more born with than learnt but once you've once you've got you've got that propensity to to sort of suffer then you can build on it because you can, you, you know, experience will 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 heighten that ability to to, to deal with. Um, well, uh, I think that's with- a very good point you've made. And I, what I find
0: interesting, when I'm asked about it, I say that the people that manage golf pressure the best, in my experience, have been what I call slightly non-creative or binary thinkers, which means accountants and engineers. People who are very, what I call task driven, you give them a task and they solve the task. People who are highly imaginative um, can let their imagination overwhelm them and run away with them. But I would say that I think pressure is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. And if you look at Tom Watson, Watson in his early career was branded a choker. He was in major tournaments with the lead he, he, he failed. And um Nicholas said you have to learn how to come second before you learn how to win. So I think those experiences I always say to people, we talked about this, we talked about college golf, is that if you play competitive golf a lot, you're gonna be better in pressure. It's like, why are the Americans better in the singles generally in the Ryder Cup? I'm sure I'm not sure that's still the case, but for 30 years it was. So yeah. why are they better under pressure? Because they well,
1: well dealing with pressure builds your confidence doesn't it i mean again we we know in the mental game of golf it's all it is all so much of, of this game is about confidence and belief and and knowing you can do it and seeing the shots and being all that kind of positive um vibe that you that you need and we talked about the short game a couple of weeks ago and you know it's all about being confident over that, over those chips and not getting awful thoughts coming into your head. So, you know, it's all, all that's all about it for me. Experience builds confidence, confidence builds resilience, builds mental toughness. So, the, the one thing is flowing from the other. But in the end, you know, the guys who are, uh, are most uh, capable in dealing with uh, adversity in golf. And therefore, can um, can come through, are the ones who are most confident and and a, and are a mentally toughest. So you, you can't you can't win a major without being a mentally tough player. Can't see how you can.
0: Well, I think if you, I think if you you get in three hours before the final pair and the weather turns, like you look at Andy North, you look at uh, Curtis or one or two other players, you think, uh, but you know. You won't take it away from them, but I don't think they ever won a second major. Well,
1: actually, Andy North did. He won two US Open. And and you know, look, it's not, there's, 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 it's not like they don't know they're in the mix. It's not like they're not going to be feeling that they've got a chance. And all the way through that back nine, wherever they are in the field, they've got a chance. They'll have a set They'll always have a sense of what's the numbers going to be needed here. I need to get to minus five or minus ten or minus fifteen. And that's what I've got to do. And they'll be all set, set setting those goals, won't they? And getting to those goals, they will be feeling pressure. They right. feel- so the the idea behind this podcast was to look at the giants of the the mental
0: gamer yeah. w- players that we think are mentally tough. Now I can probably be better at looking at this historically, yeah. and I think you're gonna be better looking at this currently. So I think historically, when I look at people who are like mentally Tough. I mean, I think um, um, the most obvious one would be you know, I think Ben Hogan had it. And you, you, now you're going to say Ben Hogan. But you I'll say Ben Hogan. Hogan. I'll tell you How who is else. your hero. Isn't he? No, no, yeah, but I'll tell you who else I think had it more than Hogan is Byron Nelson. Now, Byron Nelson went on a winning streak no one knows the like of. And the reason um, he had this run of phenomenal play was. He wanted to be a farmer. He wanted to buy land. And the way to do this was to win tournaments. So every time he teed it up, he used to say, well, if I win this tournament, that's six more cows and a tractor. And he talked about yeah. this, that his, his drive to win and his ability to cope with pressure was born out of this desire to be out of golf and be a farmer. Hogan, like uh, Sneed. Uh, and and Byron Nelson, and I'm I'm going to put Seve Ballesteris in this, and Lee Trevino, all came out of poverty. They all came out of real poverty. So you had to, if you want to eat or keep your car and make the down payment and a place to live, you have to win. And I think that makes you mentally tougher. I really do. Uh, And then if you go into the, the 60s, you know, I Think there was a couple of Lloyd Mangrum, a player. People don't know he was. The, he he was in the Second World War. He signed, gave up golf, and went and fought for the Americans as a GI. And they just said he was as tough as boots and mentally, you know, when you face life and death and you're playing golf, suddenly you realize a six foot putt isn't life or death. So that's what I yeah. think that their mental toughness came from. In the modern game, mm, I don't know where it comes from. Is it a will, just a pure will to win? Because they're not coming from poverty.
1: No, I mean, uh, I, I think going just quickly going back to Hogan because I don't want to dwell. We, we're always dwelling on these guys um, in the past, but Hogan, of course, his biggest example was was he had his accident and he was nearly killed, and then he came back from that. That's mental. Tough. Coming back from adversity is what how, how I'm slightly diverse. Uh, um, uh, I'm slightly seeing this mental toughness is people who can overcome uh, challenges. And he obviously clearly did. And right now, very obviously, you've got Tiger. You've got Tiger both right now because he's overcoming his injury from his terrible car crash. Uh, not as not that it was anything like as bad as Ben Hogan's. I hasten to add, but it was pretty bad. Nearly lost his leg. Uh, and his former sort of adversity around his back and his his leg back in 2008 and this determination to come back from that now interestingly if you talk about kind of innate i suppose tiger's dad of course was in fought in vietnam didn't he he was, he was in the green, green beret vietnam he was a green beret and and I, and obviously part of what tiger's upbringing was around this whole military kind of um, uh, input from his father and and friends of his father who were also Green Berets and they a lot of his training as a little boy was sort of military military training so there was always that element probably in his you know in his uh, sort of childhood but you're, you're endorsing what I'm saying because I
0: said that yeah. the, the it's the task it's like the mission his Woods mission from his father was beat everyone.
1: Yeah, go out there. yeah that, and that's why I'm saying I I, I am I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying, but, but, but you also made the point, Rob, that was no, there aren't that many uh, m- m- many players in the modern game who had that kind of um, that that kind of trauma in the background that had caused them to get out of where they were and dealing with the challenges. There aren't as many. Tony Finnell is one. Sure. You know, again, another example, he'd come from extreme poverty. Um, you know, one of I think seven children or eight. Oh, yeah, children. Big, I mean a big a sort of big Polynesian. Big family family. And you know, and he's and again, another guy who, who actually didn't win for ages, did he? I mean, he he was number oh. he was missed a second place, Tony Finn out, arguably. But look, here here here's a player who is very much, you know,
0: marmite, you know, people love him, I hate him, and I don't know many people that love him would be Patrick Reed. Now, Patrick Reed just seems to court controversy from what I've heard. And yet he turns up at the Masters wearing his LIV hat. And he he's, you know, and mentally, that I think gets him through things. I mean, I, I, you look at the match he played against McElroy in the Ryder Cup, when he was just not going to lose that match to McElroy. And I don't know what they were, like combined nine under through six holes or something ridiculous, but, I'm always curious why Tiger Woods hasn't had a sort of more exemplary singles record in the Ryder Cup. He doesn't, he's, I think he's lost more than he's won. Um, And I don't know if he's just got a target on his back. Every player thinks, I'm going to beat Tiger. I mean, Rocco Rocco, uh, Constantine beat him in the. No, Rocco Constantine,
1: the Ryder. Constantino Rocca. Well, I got two of their words on. on. Know your golfers, Rocco.
0: that That guy, Nicholas Jack, he's another one. (laughs) <laughs> but you know what I'm saying and but, and I think that uh, the European side historically in the singles match just felt in, in I, mean, I remember going to Valderrama and watching Freddie Couples play against Ian Woosnam and I think Woosnam for the second time lost seven and six um, but I, I should say that Freddie Couples was on fire I mean, I, I mean there was one hole that in the Valderrama I played it when I was younger and longer, I had a driver three wood, nine iron, Freddie Couples off the back tee, driver two iron to three or four feet to an elevated green. It was just bonkers. Yeah. Bonkers. But I I wonder who you would pick uh to play who would you pick to win a match, a must win match, uh that you had your life savings depending on from Europe, and who would you pick from America?
1: uh right now i'd pick john ram from europe i think everyone would pick john ram i think yeah. he's got a lot of that uh you know his demeanor he's got a lot of he, he he's a tough guy you know you he's feel got he's got swagger he looks like a tough guy you wouldn't you wouldn't want to meet him in, in a dark alley you know in a, for a fight would you even someone as tough as you rob I don't well, think I, I, that other, true. That's you know, But he, I mean he's got a he's got that kind of bo- slightly boxer's gait, you know, a sort of swagger about him. But I think, you know, inside there, there's a man of steel. And and I think I, you know, and I think he's gonna be an amazing star of the Ryder Cup this year. So if you, if you ask me, I, it would be John Rahm on the US side. Uh, don't know they're all no, great but, the, but if it was someone no, who stands out to me, maybe, maybe a you know that that slight arrogant guy um you you could say dschambo but he's not he's not playing well enough right now so no, if i was going to pick
0: um an american guy to play for me with best chance of winning i'd put either Bro- Kepka or justin thomas they're both they're both boxers they're both fighters they're both they're both people that hate hate to lose to such an extent that it's just, and it's interesting, McElroy wouldn't be a pick of mine. I agree, for Europe, I'd go with Tommy Fleetwood. I think Tommy Fleetwood is just a gritty, I think he's mentally very strong, I think he's mentally very close. And I think if he wins one major, he'll win two or three. But uh, I'm a, I am mean, I would keep my eye on him for the majors this year, Tommy Fleetwood, I really would. But again, Tommy Fleetwood comes with, I think, I think a single parent family, and his parents gave everything, everything to his golf career. They came from, I think, a working class sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. So, and he talks about his parents, how they sacrificed everything. So he lived, slept, breathed golf. And I think that made him mentally tough. He saw what his parents were doing and he wanted to repay them. Now, I'm sure there's lots of parents who've done the same thing and their kid didn't come through. But uh, that's why I like Flickwood. I think, uh, I think uh, McElroy too was a similar only child, his parents gave everything, but he had prodigious uh, ability. I think he was almost, I mean, he had a work ethic and he's got a will to win, a competitive instinct. I'm just concerned that he's, his brain's a bit scrambled with the masters.
1: So I don't know if he's lost it. We'll see. Don't we? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Again, he's, you know, this is what I'm meaning. You've got to be able to buy, buy, bounce back. The mentally tough heroes are the ones who can put put things behind them. You know, it's, it's even when things are difficult, they have this ability to persevere. They, you know, the, another trait of these guys is they work hard. They work really, really, really hard. I mean, you know, to... you. They've got to have self-belief and confidence. They have perseverance even when things are difficult. They've got to be able to manage their emotions even when things are, are up. And this is when McElroy really needs to get a grit, manage his emotions. Um, they need to be able to concentrate. You know, clearly golf is a game of concentration. And they've got to have this positive mindset. That these are the things that make the great mental giants of the game. They've got all of those things all ticking at the same time. When, they, when they're when they in the last nine of them. I I would
0: disagree with you. I don't think golf is a game of uh, concentration simply. I think it's a combination of confidence and concentration. And you can't concentrate for three and a half hours, four hours. I remember a fellow telling me a story. I've heard two or three people tell the story, but I heard it first about Gary Player, who I know is a player who people have various thoughts about. But they told me a story that they were playing in a sort of pro-am with Gary Player and he said Gary Player was unbelievably chatting, and interested and, you know, just shooting the breeze. But he said the minute he walked up to his ball, it was like uh, then he was concentrating like a maniac. And then he took the ball, hit the shot. And he said to the guy afterwards, you can't concentrate for four hours. It's exhausting. Well, then- it might be
1: exhausting, but yes, you can. Sorry. Yes, you can. Look at cricketers. Are we having a disagreement? We're having a disagreement. Look at cricketers who are out there maybe for seven or eight hours. Or at the crease. They have to concentrate the whole time. And they do. And they perform. So you can concentrate. I, no, I think they're concentrating. You the you know, and golfers have to do the same. If you're if you're losing concentration on golf, if you're not focused on what you're doing, I'm sorry, you know, then, okay. you're, then you, 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 you're materially distant. We're talking about the giants of the mental game. I'm saying one of the things that the giants of the mental game can do is they, maybe unlike everyone else, they can concentrate for the whole time and are in the zone the whole time. I remember arriving at Royal St. George's once uh, very early. In about, and it must be in the 2003 because I was taking my kids there. But we got there really, really, really early because I wanted the boys to to sort of experience the whole thing. And we were there. It was like seven o'clock in the morning before anything had really started. And we got to the practice putting green and out walks. and We could hardly believe it but Tiger Woods and Steve Williams. So they're coming out to have a quick putt before everyone, all the crowds arrive. And they literally are walking out. And my children are just beyond excited with their thing and go running up to see if they could, he could uh autographs. Sign. Now, I know he didn't sign autographs. but I wasn't, but, but Steve Williams said, sorry, guys, Tiger's got his game face on. And that's kind of how he put it. And, and he doesn't do any of this because he's concentrating from the moment. He walks out even in a to practice he's got it on he's in the zone and that's how he was and I would say these are this is a thing that materially moves the also rounds and splits them up from the greats and this is about the men the greats and the giants of the mental game and that's that's why you put them up they they can concentrate for long periods okay well I think uh, that's an interesting take you have on i I just think
0: it's um I think the, the great golfer, I think Tribino would do it. He would talk to anyone and everyone between shots. When he got to the shot, then he could put his bit, the, the, the soup. Now, Woods, on the other hand, and Derek, have I ever mentioned this guy, Ben Hogan? Hogan didn't talk to anybody. You know you know the famous, there's so many stories about Hogan. Here's my favorite story. Hogan was playing a practice round at Augusta National uh, before the Masters one year. And uh, he was playing with some young guy. I didn't really know the guy. And um, they get to this hole. And this guy gets a hole in one and uh, Hogan uh, hits, uh, gets a birdie, and the they, balls are picked up, they're walking to the next tee, and Hogan hasn't to him the whole way around, and Hogan turns to him and says, you know, that's the first time I ever birdied that hole. <laughs> Didn't mention, because he wasn't paying attention, so I take I
1: take your point. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, on, just on concentrating, again, I was looking at you know, mental giants, I was just thinking ahead of this podcast, you know, who are the great mental giants of sport? Well, Tom Brady and Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, and so on. But uh, then I had this one. And again, you talk about concentrating, right? You want to talk about concentration? Alex Honold, right? Oh, was, God, he, the free climber. Correct. Free solo. Okay. Who's climbing climbing uh, El Capitan, no ropes, right? Hard, one of the hardest, hardest. No ropes, five hours, right? One, one. Nanosecond of misconcentration, the guy's dead, so you know, and he's trained for that. I mean, and this was you know, talk about mental toughness. Yeah, he just got lucky, he just got lucky. The ability to shut out 2,000 feet of fall right beneath your when you're clinging to a a millimeter hold, uh, you know, now that I mean, it's almost superhuman. So, there's always levels of mental toughness in the sports you're playing, aren't there? And there are some where, you know, you, you, you there are, that supersede others. But these guys, he actually, I think, is a natural, he has natural mental strength, almost chemical mental strength, because he, he kind of lost his, um, his fear enzyme or whatever it is. I think that's one of the things they, No, no
0: I agree. There are these people who do these things that
1: seem superhuman.
0: And I've, I met it in the skydiving community. You just think ice blood runs through their veins, but it doesn't. You yeah. talk to them and they'll tell you they're afraid. But they they've learned to overcome the fear and stay yeah.
1: present. Absolutely, and that again is is a trait of a great golfer. You you overcome the fear because they must be scared of of getting it wrong of of choking. They must be because we all are, aren't we?
0: Yeah. You I mean, know,
1: you're thinking course. about winning, but the reason you're thinking, you know, you're you're focusing on it. So the way the reason you're nervous is because of a fear of failure more than the excitement of winning. I mean, like, this was. I mean. That. It would be remiss of me. It would be remiss of me, and on a, a podcast with you, Mike, not to
0: ask you from your personal experience when you were heading that final drive of the East Lancashire Under 14 Long Drive Championship, what was going
1: through your mind? Were you concentrating? You're right. You're right. I just had that. I just had that word, that phrase from my father. Just hit it, son. Just hit it <laughs> uh, in my head. Yeah, so no fear uh, of failure there. Just hit it. uh
0: it well? No and, uh, I did, well, maybe he should become a golf coach. A little it? bit harder than the other lad. A little bit. Well, and- it's interesting. I think there's some good insights there. I think that um, for my money, I'm very much about being in the moment and not thinking about the future or the past. Uh, but I do take your view. I think people golfers like Woods, you know, they played for Legacy. A lot of – Nicholas played for Legacy. I think a lot of players – I'm sure McElroy's playing for legacy. Um, that was their drive. And therefore, your confidence has to be at 100%. And if that confidence is dented and you start to have self-doubt, then I think it'd be catastrophic. Absolutely. But uh, So that's that. Well, Mike, that was great. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed that talk today. Um, and I'll look forward to catching up. And what are you doing this afternoon? You're going to play golf.
1: I'm here in the lovely Travose Golf Club down in uh, Cornwall, uh, it's drizzly, so waterproofs on. I'm going out for nine holes. So oh, enjoy. And uh, ladies
0: and gentlemen, for those of you who listen to the podcast, I have two quick things to say. I have recorded a one off podcast called How to Beat the Yips. I've worked with players over the years. I've heard the yips, the putting yips, the chipping yips, the driving yips. I've actually done a a one off podcast that is not going to be run on this. If you'd like a private copy of this, very unique 20-minute lesson on how to overcome the yips, you send an email to robin at seagagolf.com and I'll send you a link. Uh, For the rest of you, please go to the website if you want to sign up and learn more about the mental game. It'd be my pleasure to teach you. But until uh, we meet again, I'd like to say goodbye. And, Mike,
1: would you like to say anything before you say goodbye? Well, I'd like to. I I won't be asking you for the yips podcast, but I'm sure it's lovely for anyone who ever had the yips and and if, if you have i feel for you so have to you have, quickly have you ever had the yips no ever lost and, your and, I, and i don't intend to either so and and we don't even use that word in our family you can't don't even bring it not it's, word that, it's, it's like that other word that begins with s we don't know oh, no, no. no. right no, because no. it's the same thing it's more likely to create it than everyone. i know but it's if not. you've had it then I I I strongly you know I recommend um, uh, get trying to use the tools that Robin has to um, overcome it. And good okay. luck. That's
0: great. Well, until we meet again, all the best. Take care, everyone, and I'll take, enjoy. Take care,
1: and goodbye. Bye.